Is this is that a real thing? Like your eyes will go crooked if yeah, your you eyes pull on your go, finger? Well, part of your your face will start to droop, and you won't be able to pull with both sides of your body the same strength if you're having a stroke. I thought it had something to do with farts. <laughs> 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 Hello, Webernet. We are the Uncultured Saints. <laughs> this is Pastor Harrison Goodman coming out of San Antonio, Texas. I'm Pastor Eli Leitz at Wheat Ridge Evangelical Lutheran Church in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. It's great to be here with you guys today. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Harrison because he laughed at me. You, your face went all blurry when when you said yeah, anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Goodman. Uh, <laughs> you gonna go? You gonna do this? Uh, you just gonna yeah? Let's do this. Making this awkward for the folks. Uh, everything I do is awkward. How, yeah. How are you doing today? I am. Uh, I am still kicking uh, in, in the middle of uh, hopefully what is coming to be the end of the, the the pandemic. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Same thing. I mean, you know, hopefully things are coming to a a slow, safe end, and we're able to meet together in our congregations. Hopefully, the majority of you people who are going to be listening uh, by the time this actually gets out are meeting together uh, to some capacity with your uh, pastor, with your uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and receiving uh, forgiveness of sins proclaimed from the lips of a pastor and the body and blood of your Lord. Let's uh, pray that that is happening. Right. right? I hope that uh, by now you're, in fact, really disgusted with this whole season because it's nothing but a, an awful reminder of what you're finally done with and don't want to have to think about anymore. So um, hopefully the thing that you'll be most upset about uh, will not be our theology, uh, but our stupid jokes about uh, disease and murder hornets. Um, murder hornets. Those are a thing now. They're the worst. I don't know. I've never actually seen one in real life, but <laughs> the internet tells me to be scared, and it's never lied to me yet. It hasn't. I saw I saw a YouTube uh, video of a murder hornet, and at first I was worried because uh, it's like, oh, 30 murder hornets can get into a beehive and kill all of them, and they're not even taking the honey. It's not like they're Yogi right. Berry in the But whole you don't thing. live in a beehive, so what are you so worried about? <laughs> so... But they were just taking the larva, right? And they're like, hey, we're going to feed our lar- this larva to our larva. Anyways, so it was kind of creepy. But then I was like, don't worry about it. Because I saw another video of there was a murder hornet and there was a praying mantis. And the praying mantis uh, grabbed the murder hornet and uh, ate the brain. Just ate him alive. Brain first. And I was like, okay. If a, if a praying mantis can take care of a murder hornet, we're fine. But who's going to take care of the praying mantises? Man, <laughs> nature is metal. There, <laughs> there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the law? Isn't that what the law just proclaims? Yeah, itself? but through, through, just gonna through die. murder hornets now, too, and not just the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, you, yeah. Well, the Lord didn't promise a murder hornet free life for you. I love it when you quote scripture. That's <laughs> in Leviticus somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It uh-huh. is. Right? So, what are we studying today? Uh, today, I want to talk about a parable that 
I think is a parable, but I, I don't know if everybody does. Uh, so, you know, um, in addition to hopefully being really fed up with the coronavirus being done and us still talking about it, uh, maybe we'll waste this whole episode talking about parables that aren't parables. Aren't yeah. parables? Yeah. This is a weird thing uh, because... You kind of bucked at it when I, when I suggested it a little bit, didn't you? Well, I didn't buck at it. I just did the normal, uh, oh, hey, you think it's a parable. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people who say it is a parable. There's a, there's some people who don't think it is. I'm not I'm not convinced either way yet. I, I would probably say it's more, more to a parable uh, than not. But I guess the reason why people say this is because it's got some weird attributes right could we talk more about it without Uh, telling them what there is though i just want to build the suspense that's what i'm trying to do i'm not trying to you know sorry yeah so just chill (laughs) yeah no there's something there's something in this parable uh that isn't in any other parable we'll get into that exactly what it is maybe when i read it you'll find out um but yeah (laughs) did you have anything else you wanted to tease um, so I, well, let's before we since the the, the tension is building um, for both of our listeners. Uh, what if we we actually talked about what a parable was? Our wives. Yeah. Um, no, mine doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> she's got better <laughs> things to do. Uh, she has to listen to me all the other time, and that's got to be awful. Yeah. Right. Um, so so if we talked more about like what is a parable. Um, so that are you talking about your laws? Do we have no, to not even just like how to, to discern what, how to deal with a parable, but like what what makes it a parable? Like sometimes it's really obvious because like the scriptures say, and Jesus told them a parable and said, um, so I'm like, ooh, that's a parable. I understand. Um, but otherwise, like sometimes there's there's like points in John where like the Good Shepherd narrative, uh, Jesus speaks to them in figures of speech. Um, like is that a parable? Um, how do you tell whether or not something's a parable? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I do. I mean, that's I think that's the whole issue with this. Like, we can come to this and different theologians can say it's a parable and it's not. Because I don't think our Lord has given us, uh, here are the five ways to decipher whether or not something is uh, a parable. And it has to meet all five criteria. No, but there are criteria um, that I, tend to go along with this, though, right? No, there are. I, For me, and I don't know where you're driving, so I'm probably going to take us uh, in a different direction. But for me, one of the main things is, uh, obviously, he's not rete- when, when he's uh, speaking in parables, he's not retelling a specific historical event, right? Um, and he is uh, speaking of the mysteries of the gospel. So the story or the parable that he's actually uh, using here uh, it seems to make sense in in one sort of way, um, and yet there's this mystery of the gospel behind it that uh, is is almost saying the exact opposite, or is or is saying something completely uh, uh, over and against what is expected from from a normal hearer. I don't know. What about you? Because obviously I've got it wrong. So I don't know what you just said in any capacity. So obviously that was a parable. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the parables are, are usually um, kind of illustrative. Um, I don't know if they're they're like strictly allegory, but they're stories that you tell to convey a larger truth or a larger point, right? Are right, you going to go with the Sunday school uh, answer? The uh, it's a heavenly, uh, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Like I, Is that I guess you could it? talk about it that way, but I mean they're they're pointing to something bigger than uh, than the simple reality. Um, I said that earlier. I said it's the, they're talking about mysteries. Right. 
talk about things that don't make sense. Right, and and, and so it's and you made it's fun not of then me. that these things aren't necessarily true. So like we 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 talked about uh, the the parable of the man who found the treasure in the field and there really was a man who sought the treasure buried in the field his name is jesus um he, he died for your sins there's a religion built about him it's, it's it's pretty awesome um but when we talk about the parables though uh there, there's this thing that usually happens um in, in that we we have these characters involved uh that may or may not necessarily be specific people um, and so in, inside of that, we end up uh, trying to, to identify them uh, by, by picking apart the parable. And that is where the laws to understand the gospel start to come in. Uh, that's what actually makes our parable today um, kind of stand out. Uh, can, we, can we finally tell them what it is or do you want to mess with them more? No, that's fine. I think we've, we've, we've bored them enough. We're doing uh, Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19. Uh, as the subheading in many of your Bibles will say, it is the rich man and Lazarus. Now, right off the bat, I don't know if uh, if I'll spoil it doing this, so maybe I won't. But right off the bat, uh, even this subheading title kind of gives you a hint on how this is different than other parables. And it is also one of the reasons why some people don't think it's a parable. But I'm going to go ahead and read it. <clears throat> so, starting with verse 19, reading out of the... English Standard Version. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously, I like that word, every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off, and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here. And you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> All right. So this is yours. You are driving this ship today, buddy. All right. So, I mean, Sorry, uh, folks. whether or not this is a, a parable, um, kind of hinges on what this name Lazarus is. Um, and so inside of this, this seems to be the one thing that would sort of be in the, the camp of this is not a parable because uh, every other time you just sort of have people identified uh, by their vocations almost all the time. So a father, uh, a manager, um, a, a rich uh, man. Um, you, you see these kinds of things uh, cast out into the, the scriptures a lot of times. Uh, but here we actually have uh, a name, Lazarus, and not just any name, Lazarus, but uh, a name of a character who comes later 
um, and uh, well, dies and is raised from the dead. Yeah, so that's okay. I know there's like 18 James and, and like 42 Marys. Um, there, there's a lot of repetition in the names. No, that's, I mean, I think that's the, the, the strange, weird part. We've got this guy in this parable. Uh, and, and from here on out, let's just say parable. Uh, we've got this guy in this parable who has a name, right? There was a rich man. And then we've got this, uh, this Lazarus. We understand that he's also poor, but he isn't called the poor man. He's called Lazarus. It's interesting. It's interesting that we've got a name there. That's got to mean something. It's got to be important. Well, it does mean something. The, the name Lazarus means God has helped. Uh, and this is actually why I think it's a parable. Um, and so let's just let's, let's dive into the text. Just walk with me on this. And even if you don't want to think it's a parable, think it's a parable for me. Uh, because after all, that's what matters. It's all about you. Um, <laughs> it's all about me. Uh, this is how we approach life, though. Um, it's, it's all about me. Um, and because we are, are so kind of... Um, curved in on ourselves. Uh, we are, are um, navel gazers. We have our heads um, firmly lodged somewhere that can only see uh, us. Uh, when we talk about ourselves, we tend to spin things. And so I'll say, you know, I'm not um, arrogant. I just have high self-esteem. And like, I'm not argumentative and I'm not disrespectful. I'm just, I'm passionate and I have high standards. I'm not greedy. I'm just very careful with my money. I am, I am financially discerned. And so we explain away yes. our, our sin this way. I'm not, I'm not lazy. I just don't care. <laughs> Is that, is that what That's, you meant? I don't, yeah, that, I don't care. Um, so, I mean, grab hold of, of the rich man. Then he does great for himself. He, he feasts sumptuously every day. And that's not a sin. It's just, it's not. God, gives us, this day, God gives us this day our daily bread. Well, a lot of times with this parable or this story, we want to go there. Right? I, I've heard, I've, I've heard uh, sermons. I've heard Bible studies uh, kind of going to that very that very point where this isn't good that this guy was rich right, right. And, and you can sort of grab onto uh the, the wealth as the the one um disparity between uh the rich man and lazarus um and start to well paint a picture of karma like you know it's just that uh obviously the rich man used up all of his jesus points too soon in money lazarus was much smarter in saving his jesus points by being poor on purpose uh while the dogs licked his licked his sores and and eventually he was rewarded for uh for obviously being um a much craftier fellow well i i know we're gonna get there um but can can we be blamed for for having that that uh, way of thinking when isn't that kind of how Abraham talks about it? Like doesn't doesn't Abraham when he's talking to the rich man say, "Hey, uh, on Earth, you had all these good things." I mean, doesn't he almost sound a little karma policey? Well, but he says more than that though. Um, he he doesn't just say, "On Earth, you had nice things, so you used up all your nice points too soon." Um, it's verse 25. Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in a like manner, bad things. Um, he, he's... But now, now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. How is that not karma? Well, because of what's going on. Um, this, this, this is happening because uh, the rich man actually asked, would you send Lazarus to help me? Because he's my neighbor and so um, he should help me. If you want to find the rich man's sin, it's actually laid out in the text. 
It wasn't that he was rich. It's that there was a poor man laying in his in his his driveway every single day begging for the scraps of the table, and he just let him starve. Um, he 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 should have helped his neighbor. Like that that's a sin. The fifth commandment is you should fear and love God so that you do not hurt or harm your neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Um, this isn't a call that the Lazarus uh, should have gotten half of the rich man's money. This is just a recognition that that from the scraps of the table, uh, Lazarus could have been helped in the same way that, that all the rich man wants is, again, the scraps of uh, Abram's uh, bosom. That, that Just dip, dip his finger in water and give me a drop of that. If you're looking for karma, there's a certain kind of dark poetry to it in that um, the rich man wants from Lazarus what he was never willing to give him. But I, I don't believe that there's such a thing as karma. Um, at least I hope there's not, because if, if there is, uh, the cross is a pretty meaningless thing. Because karma is, after all, the universe will somehow right itself and the sinners will get punished for their sins and the people who do good will get rewarded for their good. And so if you just keep doing good, eventually the universe will reward you for it, right? Well, but in this one, it's not even doing good. I mean, maybe we can assume that Lazarus is doing good, but in this one, it's almost <clears throat> it's almost a uh, one of those Gnostic ways of, of viewing things, right? Uh, if if you want to go karma, then you've got to say, uh, hey, uh, you've got to just completely uh, have the worst uh, life here on earth that you possibly can, be a, a complete bum and beggar, uh, have dogs licking your sores, and then then you'll be rewarded. Well, there's Christians that have, have taken that approach too. The the ascetics who have, have you know, given up a house and, and a home, wife and children, land animals and all they have. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and call that sinful. Like uh, there, there's, there's what, a- being a hermit is sinful? Well, if you abandon your wife to go be a hermit, yeah. I'm serious. Um, if if, no, if you've taken, I would even go a step further and say if God is, has um, charged you with the care of, of uh, great daily bread and rather than caring for your neighbor, you, you've foregone that so that you could, you could beg yourself, that's not good. Didn't Francis of Assisi do that? He did. There's a whole order um, named after him, the Franciscan Order, and poverty is still a part of this. Uh, this is, this yeah. is not an extinct vein inside of Christianity. The idea that we can sort of pour ourselves into heaven. But that's actually sort of, again, where I wanted to go with this, that, that we, this is all about spin. Um, and so just because, you know, um, if you happen to be wealthy, you can say I'm, I'm financially discerning. Um, I'm not greedy. And in the same way, we try and spin this thing so that we can somehow paint ourselves as the poor man, who, um, as if God would look at our poverty and ignore our sin because of our poverty. I don't know if I can go that far. Well, okay, so how do we go? Because it isn't laid out. Like salvation in in Christ Jesus and his cross isn't laid out that explicitly in this one, right? It, it there's a lot more karma with it. And even when uh even when the rich man is calling out to Abraham saying, "Hey, hey, uh go send Lazarus uh to my to my brothers uh because they don't get it. They don't know how bad this place is. They got to they got to do better in there. It almost sounds that way. Like, how do we get off this, uh, they got to do better? 
So you got to figure it out. Well, I think the cross is proclaimed all the way through it. It's just you sort of have to stop looking at yourself. The the one thing that's here that that is is kind of uh, challenging to us is the fact that there's a whole bunch of stuff happening here that doesn't happen in the whole rest of scriptures, which also kind of leads me to think that this is a parable. It, it, for example, just the fact that that um, the rich man cries out from from Hades um, up to. Uh, Abraham's bosom, which isn't ever called heaven or the resurrection of the body, um, but there's somehow a place where they can talk so that the souls who rest with Jesus will be constantly tormented by the souls of those uh, in, in perdition. Yeah, that would be heaven, wouldn't it? That'd be horrible. That's kind of, I don't know, the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, uh, never mind, guys, that the screaming sounds of those in anguish, uh, everybody just relax. Um, there... <laughs> <laughs> plug your ears plug your ears just look up like honestly it's like when my kids are, are fighting and i don't want to get off the couch and I, I just sort of plug my ears and don't look up um but that first and, and foremost uh it makes light of those in perdition uh it, it robs uh salvation of, of the peace that actually surpasses all understanding um and, and it connects that one thing which um we as, as theologians kind of struggle with it and simply the fact that there will be people in hell and that won't be you. And how you're supposed to feel about that. You're not supposed to feel good about that. Nobody feels good about that. Jesus himself doesn't feel good about that. Um, if you want to make this only about you, though, you sort of have to deal with the fact that, um, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't Lazarus be given the chance to save his, his neighbor? A and you could even step it up. Like, if it was, um, if it was me in salvation and my loved one um, in, in perdition, would I, would I save myself in, in a religion that tells me to sacrifice myself for my neighbor? I, I'm glad there's a chasm there so that he can't cross over. But at the same time, it, it seems to highlight nothing other than the punishment. When salvation is supposed to be a focus on Christ, a focus on the gift that, that washes away sin, that gives life even to dying men. Yeah, well, I mean, so that's my point, right? The, the parables are supposed to be about the mysteries of, of the kingdom. Right. Mysteries are about Jesus. Jesus is gospel for you. It's forgiveness of sins. It's life and salvation. Like somebody rising from and the dead. So, so, uh, so far, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but so far, it's gotten to the point where this is just, this is just uh, ugly, scary law sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, Lazarus, he got his... You know, he got his just reward for, you know, being poor his whole life and having the dogs licking. Yeah, right. except it showed, no. It showed how it showed how unclean he really was. He had these oozing sores. Yeah, and except he was so no. Poor, and then the dogs even lit. Yeah, except no. No. Right. no, Lazarus was not saved by being poor. He didn't suffer his way into the arms of Abraham. He didn't earn his salvation. For by works of the law, no one will be saved. Um, I know the rich man sins. He should have helped his neighbor. Like, just flat out, he should have helped Lazarus. I don't know Lazarus's sins, but I'm not willing to go so far as to say that he doesn't have any because I, even if I don't know his specific sins in this parable, I know his ancestors. Like, he is born of Adam and Eve. He is born into a sinful condition. And I can measure that simply by the fact that... And, and he, does, he does die. There. Just like the rich man, he died. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is life everlasting in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is one difference between Lazarus and the rich man, and that's simply that Lazarus has a name. I know Lazarus's name, which is God has helped. If you want to be known by the law, you'll be known by your sins. But if you want to be known by the gospel, you'll be known that God has helped you a sinner. Okay, so now we're, now we're getting somewhere, right? 
because now we've got this guy who's got a name and and you expressed how he's got a name that means something right unfortunately in, in today's day and age our names don't mean anything anymore like rick nobody knows what rick means sorry if there's any ricks out there but rick doesn't mean anything right we we're not known by that but lazarus like you said it has a meaning but not just that, he's, he's got a literal name. I mean, what do we have to say about that? I mean, even take away that the, the name means something. Can we say something about just the fact that the man's got a name and, and, and the rich man doesn't? I mean, in this text, that he's got a name? The name Rick? <laughs> what does Rick mean? This is it's a German Sorry. baby name, uh, meaning, German meaning baby hard name. ruler. No. That's what the internet told me. Is it is it like Reich? Because that's scary. Are we good? Is that... According to www.shenows.com slash baby dash names slash name slash Rick slash. There you guys. There you guys go. You got it. You know what Rick means now. <laughs> You're welcome. Can we say anything that, uh, about the fact that he just has a name, though? That's and everything. I think we can. That's the great gift that God gives him. Well, he gives you a name, too. That, that is what we have. You are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God has helped you. Yes, right? God has placed his name upon me in baptism. And maybe I cut you off way too short there. Um, because that that's important. But... Is, is, there, is there a way also that we could speak about the name that is just my name, right? That, that God knows me by, by my name as well. I mean, he's got, this guy has a name. His name is Lazarus. And yes, Lazarus means God has helped. Um, <clears throat> but in the baptismal rite, I mean, when we're baptizing an infant, uh, don't, we, uh, don't we go up there and say, um, Harrison Danger Goodman, I <laughs> baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? We say your full name. We give you, we, we proclaim your first, your middle, and your last name. And then we say we baptize you into the name of the Father, right. Son, and Holy Right. This Spirit. isn't simply saying like your name doesn't matter anymore. Only God's name matters. This is saying that your identity now is known as one God has washed, one for whom God has died. Nice. Your identity is joined together with the holiness, the cleanliness, the, the, the victory over deafness of God. So, so your name is, is joined together with God's name in baptism. This is where nice. your name is, in fact, penned into the book of life. Uh, and so if we want to start to talk about this, this isn't that Lazarus disappears. It's, in fact, the opposite, that, that he shines forth more because he's been given a name by God so that his identity is carried forward in time. Because, like, honestly, as great as the rich man was, that he feasted sumptuously every day, uh, he is forgotten in history. Yeah. He's gone. Uh, for all his accomplishments, I don't know what he did. I don't know who he helped. All I know is that he, he let a guy starve and then, and then was lost, sadly. What I know about Lazarus, despite the fact that he accomplished nothing that I know about, is that he is one for whom God has bled, died, for one for whom God has bestowed an identity that carries him forward through time. Ours is a religion not of what you build for yourself. Ours isn't even a religion of, of foregoing your entire identity. Ours is a religion of help. Christ took flesh to be your help. He, he actually enters into this parable too. He who is rich beyond mather, ma, uh, all measure becomes the poor man in the parable. He put aside his glory to suffer and die upon the cross. 
He sets aside everything that no one would help him so that he might give you his most precious gift. He gives you his saving name. It is your gift now. And, and by bearing this name that God has helped you inside of, the, the name of Jesus, that you wear in your baptism, you are forgiven of your sins, of your, of your selfishness, of your constant desire to spin things so that um, you would justify yourself by your works. Uh, this, this right here then becomes something more uh, because God would, would unite his work with your identity, with your name. So you're saying... <clears throat> That uh, Jesus is Lazarus? I'm saying that, yes, Jesus is Lazarus. Um, the, the guy who, um, in, in the biblical truth, rises from the dead. Okay. I like that. I kind of do, too. But now we've got to, okay, so now we've got to play this out, though, then. Do it. Because then you're, you're saying that uh, this, I mean, all of Jesus' parables do play themselves out in real time, right? So we've got the prodigal son and... That's what happens to us. And you've got the uh, the uh, Good Samaritan, and that's what Jesus has done for us. So what you're saying here, though, is that we've got uh, this man named Lazarus, uh, and then we've got Jesus, who is just speaking of himself as Lazarus, perhaps. Um, how do we play that out, though, when Abraham uh, denies it? It says, no, 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 rich man, uh, I can't be sending I can't be sending uh, Lazarus back from the dead because uh, the guys have the law and the prophets. Moses and prophets, that's enough. That's enough. Why are they different? I think that's that's Abraham's point. It's not like you don't get a special sign. It's that, look, they've been preaching the resurrection to you the whole time. I could send somebody to their house and speak and say, look, I'm risen from the dead. But look, if you're not going to hear the word of God, well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. This is not something by your own reason or strength you're ever going to come to understand. If, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets who pointed to Jesus, neither will they be convinced by Jesus. You saw it with the Pharisees, because after all, we're in a section of parables right now that Jesus directs to who? Well, he's doing it to his disciples, but the, uh, the Pharisees are also there eavesdropping the whole time. Right. And so he, he's pointing to them and he says, look, the, the reason that they don't understand what I'm talking about, the reason they're not going to understand the resurrection is because when they go to the scriptures, they're looking for something other than me. Yeah. At the end of, at the end of this parable, it's, 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 it's interesting because Jesus, I think, he's, I think he puts something that's uh, very descriptive. I don't think he's prescribing, like uh, uh, foretelling like it's get it's it has to happen this way and 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 now you can't get no. out of it because, uh, but instead I think it's this it's this describing sort of thing like, hey, uh, you guys, you rich men, you Pharisees, um, you 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 haven't heard Moses and even though you speak of Moses and the prophets all the time, even though you're going to condemn uh, Lazarus by Moses and the prophets, right? I, I got to walk around this poor guy who's got open sores and dogs are licking his sores. I've got to walk around him because Moses and the prophets say so. Um, obviously, you haven't heard Moses and the prophets. You haven't heard what Moses and the prophets say about just the temporal uh, ways in which you're supposed to deal with your neighbor and love your neighbor, but you certainly haven't listen to Moses and the prophets in the way that God is going to bring salvation. And you haven't seen that this Jesus fellow who's standing right in front of you is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets, all of what Moses and Elijah and uh, Isaiah and all the prophets ever said, he's the fulfillment of it. So you haven't heard him. And it's not that I'm not going to send somebody back from the dead because I'm going to do that with Jesus. Um, 
but you're not even going to hear right. him. You think you will. You think that there, there, there can be a miracle so amazing as somebody rising back from the dead. Uh, you're not going to pay attention to him. Think of, think of the real Lazarus. The real Lazarus who was brought back from the dead four days later. Uh, people aren't flocking to him and then coming to faith through him. Well, no, because faith doesn't come by miracles. Faith doesn't come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing. Exactly. By hearing and hearing the word of God. In fact, the Pharisees uh, kind of hear this uh, about Lazarus and, and they're troubled by it. They're not running out there saying, wait a minute, we might have the Christ around. He raised a dude from the dead. Uh, they're fearful that, uh-oh, if this is real, uh, that people are going to follow after this Jesus guy right. even more. Right. <laughs> and then, And then when Jesus is raised from the dead... And he's got the apostles running around telling everybody uh, they don't believe him either. Right. Um, to, to see this happening in the now um, as a warning for, for those um, and not simply as saying this is how it's going to play itself out. And I'm right now condemning you all. It, it, we see then um, where we fit into the parable. Because honestly, we're right there with the Pharisees. Uh, we are the rich man. Um, not just like measured in whether or not uh, you are of a six-figure income or, or more than that. Yeah. How sumptuously you eat every day. I mean, you want to, like, if we can go down that route, yeah. Like, just simply, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. Compared to most of the world, yeah. But, but more than that, it's not just that I'm far from starving, and it's not that I'm far from begging. It's that I'm super focused on this world, and the luxuries of this world, and the status of this world. And in doing so, I put myself in parable because I forget about my Lord. I forget about my neighbor. I forget about everything other than how to get more from me. Well, and, and I'm focused on so much. I mean, this is the natural, uh, the natural way of it. The natural way of the sinner is... Uh, when things are good, temporally speaking, that automatically means uh, that I'm in the good graces of God. Mm -hmm. That's how I think. Always. I can't help it. And so obviously the, the rich man is in God's good graces and Lazarus is not until you actually read the parable. <laughs> Whoops, it's all backwards. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> All right, so okay, but you said something interesting. So, so you're making us out to be the uh, the rich man. Uh, so, it, in our sinful flesh, this is the this is who we are. We're so focused on uh, salvation uh, that comes through and by anything other than the one who's raised from the dead. Uh, that when the one who's raised from the dead comes, uh, we we can't hear him and don't want to to hear him at all. Um, so that's a so that's a sinner in us. But when we focus on he who was raised from the dead, he who would rescue us from death, we might even find that if he were to give us even a drop of water, it would be salvific. We we might even find that that if he would give us even just a drop of water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that would be enough for us. Uh, we, we might even find that the, the baptism that our Lord would give us is is the means by which he would come to grant us relief. Not not in a, it's too late once you're in hell kind of way, but in a, this doesn't have to be this way. Look to the man who would die and rise again. Look to the man who would forego, um, well, the honor bestowed to God. Look at the God who would become man to give up heaven, uh, the glories of, of all of the things, that he would become a, a homeless beggar dying alone on a cross. And look at him conquer death. And then look at him do it for you. When he gives you this water, 
just like the rich man wanted from the finger of Lazarus, water, we, we from the very finger of God are given life-giving waters so that we would never thirst again. We're given the gift of holy baptism. Uh, we're, we're given something that has been sent through time and space that would sustain us in, in this life by forgiving us our sins so that we would no longer be known by what we did or didn't do, by the spins that we can put upon it, but we would simply be given a name. God has helped. That's what Christian means though, right? Little Christ. I, th- this, is, this is who we are assumed into. Um, that that uh, God would give us his identity. We are heirs with Christ. Nice. No, absolutely. I I think this is a wonderful parable because it it points clearly to the resurrection all the way through. And and like it even ends on it just with this this sort of like flat. I I see like Jesus doing like a a good, you know, Jim from the office deadpan stare into the camera as he drops this last line. Uh, Neither would they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead and then just like turn and smirk because like he knows what he's talking about and everybody else in the room knows what he's talking about because Jesus has been proclaiming all along the way, hey, you guys, I'm going to go into Jerusalem and they're going to kill the Son of Man and on the third day he'll rise from the dead. It would be so much better if, if uh, before he said those things, uh, he would say, uh, hint, hint. Tap the board, like t- tap the whiteboard. Guys, this is <laughs> going to be on the test. Pay attention. Yeah, this this is on the final, folks. Even though I know your your final's going to be uh, at home virtually. And uh, it's not going to count for any of your grade this year because coronavirus. Uh, also, how do, you, how do you give a kid a test at home when he's literally already on the internet? Like they've got to all Wait be open book, right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying, uh, are you saying that these kids would dare cheat on a final? Yep. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> Not any of our higher higher things kids though. Yep. <laughs> hey, sorry folks, I tried to help you out, but uh by works of the law no one will be saved. <laughs> Pastor Goodman thinks you're horrible. <laughs> the people. law shows us our sin. <laughs> Hear the word of the Lord, your sins are forgiven you for Christ has died for you. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Amen. Oh, you got man. anything else for this? That's kind of what I got. No, I think you you got it pretty good. Um I like I I like the name. I like how you uh you made us both the rich man and Lazarus and how you made Christ Lazarus. Um and Lazarus Lazarus. <laughs> I feel like you just, it's, it's just, just all over the place. No, it is. But that's the way the parable should be. Uh that's why they can't be uh allegories and metaphors. There's no one-to-one ratio. Uh, and that's why they, they, they can't make sense into the law because unto the law we want this to we want this to be uh, karma police stuff and we want it to be uh, uh, Lazarus can only be one one person. All right, I'm out. There's a loving in your eyes all the way. If I listen to your lies, would you say I'm a man without conviction? I'm a man who doesn't know 
How to sell a contradiction? You come and go, you come and go. Come, 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 chameleon. You come and go, you come and go. Loving would be easy if your colors were like my dreams. Red, gold, and green. Red, gold, and green.